This is That's in the Bible.com. That's in the Bible, episode 53 Dreams. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is that staying? Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Jesus is God. Hello, and welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name's Eric, glad you could join us. And uh, it's been a while since we uh, recorded another episode of That's in the Bible, but we're back, Lord willing, and we'll see if we can uh, make this work again. Well, first of all, introduce the regulars. We've got uh, Steve. Pastor Steve, how are you doing tonight? And I didn't hear what you said there, Steve. What was that? I'm on. I should be on. He's bashful. Am I there? I think he said marvelous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure what he said, but that could have been it. (laughs) And we've also got Pastor Strobel. How are you doing today, Pastor? Doing fine, thanks. And uh, also Matt. I'm also marvelous. Thank you. All right. And... Last but not least, we have a uh, a um, well, I don't I don't know what to call you there, Andy. <laughs> I, I don't know what you can call me anything you want. We have we have a I guess a listener and also a. Uh, I'm a uh, fan. I'm a fan. David. That's we also have a friend of uh, Steve's, and uh, we've all I think met at least one time. Yep. Actually, more than once, but Randy, good to have you on with us. It's very good to be here. I, I really, I mean, truly, honestly, uh, appreciate all you guys, because not only me, but my family listen to the show all the time. They literally go to sleep listening to the podcast. So, And I have to ask, uh, we, we, we appreciate have, that. I'm not going to sleep. Well, the, the topic <laughs> is pretty, <laughs> it's did, a perfect topic, actually. <laughs> did Steve teach you that? He's <laughs> one of his, Steve's disciples, I believe. That's right. Yeah, as well. Yes, yeah, Steve's taught me taught me quite a bit. Oh, you guys hear me now? We can hear you fine, yep. Steve. Oh, okay, okay. I, you didn't hear me before, so I just want to know if you. No, for some reason it cut out there at the at the okay. beginning. So I have to ask Randy. Randy. Yes. Marvelous, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, out of the uh, out of the hosts and and the the podcasts that you've heard, who who would you say is your favorite host? Oh, well, host, yeah, no. put me on the spot. The host, you are well, the best host, Eric. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And then I, I mean, out of the uh, the are folks, the teachers, that are, out of the teachers, yes, out of the teachers, ah, the teachers. See, that's a tough one because I think you guys all have different strengths in the messages you're uh, you're presenting. But I, I have to go with with the home favorite of uh, of Pastor Bear. Um, wow. Amen. See? So you coached him well, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> or paid him one or the other. <laughs> see, I, gotta, I, gotta see, I have to see him every week, so I just couldn't, you know, <laughs> yeah. I can't look him in the eye. I don't uh, <laughs> give, him, give him the kudos. But right. praise the Lord for, his, for his, uh, his friendship. It's been it's been fantastic. Amen. Well, let's do some catching up since we uh, last got together, which was, uh, I don't know, was it a few months ago? It's been a few months, but they say the last one was in July. That's right. July 15th was the last one that was posted. Uh, 
that's a while ago. So it has been a little while ago. So let's, uh, Steve, let's start with you. What's what's new since we last got together? Well, since we last got together, uh, we've had the the wedding of Matt and Jen, which was previous to the last shows, and then a wedding in uh, towards the end of August for my uh, youngest son David, wife Linnea. And uh, that was interesting because that was complicated by uh, an unforeseen illness that took place. Uh, I got salmonella poisoning somehow, lost about 15 pounds in about four days, and had to be rehydrated before the rehearsal and, and uh, hadn't eaten anything solid really for probably four or five days before the wedding. And it was... Uh, it was uh, an ordeal, but uh, we made it through by the grace of God. They're married, and happily so. And um, just uh, preaching, and uh, well, Randy and I are involved in what we've mentioned before on the podcast, but uh, the uh, we've started our rehearsals for the Handel's Messiah that we do with Corral uh, here in, this, uh, in our area. And uh, I, I look forward to it. Uh, every year, performances will be uh, the beginning of December, um, and uh, but we've already started uh, rehearsals, and uh, uh, I, I just enjoy the rehearsals as much as I do the performances because we get a chance to sing the music and and uh, just glorify God with what uh, Handel wrote down hundreds of years ago. Amen. It- if I could interject, I'm just trying to imagine what happens when Steve loses 15 pounds. Do you get shorter? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can picture a holocaust, that might be coming close. <laughs> holocaust? Okay. Yeah, it gets wow. pretty drawn and pretty... So. Mm. You're cutting out a little bit. Is that just me hearing it or are you guys hearing it as well? No, I'm hearing it as well. He's cutting out. Really? Yep. Well, I don't know what I'm doing. Um... I don't know if there's any uh, bad connection here or anything like that. Is it still going on? Yeah, it just it, it's kind of intermittent. It, it wasn't then. All right, Steve. Any, the, anything else for the? No, that's uh, that's about it. I mean, you're just working and uh, you know preaching and and uh, uh, going to and just all the normal things. Lord, let me lead a couple of people, Lord, in uh, the intervening time. So praise God for that. Amen. And just uh, uh, enjoying Christianity and uh, serving God. Amen. Pastor Strobel. Wow, it has been a while. Let me see if I can remember what's gone on since then. Since then, uh, school has started. My uh, third-born son um, uh, went down to uh, Pensacola to go to PBI. Um, doesn't feel called to preach, but he's seeking the Lord. Uh, wants to... Um, find out what, what uh, the Lord wants him to do in his life, get a good foundation. And so he's doing well down there, working and uh, going to school. <clears throat> and then I had the uh, privilege of being able to go down and preach at their uh, blowout in September and um, got to preach with uh, three other preachers. Uh, each of us got uh, three opportunities to preach, and uh, it was just was a, a real good time. Uh, saw Brother Art down there, Art, a uh, fan of the program as well. Oh, um, an avid listener, and he reiterated again how much he appreciates the uh, podcast. And I uh, remarked to him that it's been a while since we were able to to do one, 
And uh, he just was undaunted and says, yeah, but you can go back and listen to all the old programs. <laughs> so, Amen. Amen. Appreciate the fact of, uh, of him enjoying that um, and, and mentioning so. Now, did Brother Art happen to say who his favorite teacher was? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, we, we, we don't probe for things like that. You know, pride goes before destruction and Holy Spirit before fall. And for a man to search his own glory is not glory, so we just... <laughs> <laughs> just shell out the goods and let the chips fall where they may. <laughs> so it's not you. <laughs> this is Randy Reese. This will be his one and only time here on Death of the Bible. We hope you enjoy him. <laughs> He's coached well, isn't he? Steve coached him well. Oh, man. And actually, I just purchased the uh, that... Uh, series on mp3 oh they've come out already mm-hmm. praise the lord and i've listened to the first two i was just starting to listen to uh to yours and then came up here to record this okay listen to the first two um messages from you kind of going in order of the blowout yep amen i think that's how they are because you can tell by the comments yep amen yeah i've got um I was able to preach on Friday morning, Saturday morning, and the Sunday morning service. And um, during the Sunday morning service, part of it, I, I gave a bit of my uh, testimony. Um, and it's just, it's always refreshing just to kind of go back and remember, you know, how the Lord uh, worked in my life to get me uh, the truth that I that I needed Amen. and Amen. save my soul. Amen. Good to be saved. Amen. Amen. All right, Matt. Yeah, it's it's been a while. I think it's been a little bit longer for me, um, but I can't remember if I've been on since I've been married. But uh, I married my beautiful wife uh, Jennifer, and uh, so uh, just been it's been a great uh, past uh, four months now, and we've just had a lot of things that we've been going to. It's been uh, four weddings in four months is what we've done. <laughs> so uh, Jennifer and I uh, was the first one, and then uh, we had. Uh, uh, David and Linnea, and uh, which is her brother, and uh, and then also we had um, two more after that. The last one we just went to was this last weekend, and it was uh, it was a great blessing. The reason why is because my cousin had asked me to uh, to do the ceremony for his wedding renewal, and uh, so they weren't married in front of their family and friends uh, five years ago because they went uh, he went into the Marines. Uh, so it was it was a great blessing to be in front of my family. And uh, also her family and friends and and everybody there and uh, I was really nervous, uh, probably about three or four days. Uh, brother Steve, you know about that. I was, uh, <laughs> I was a mess, and uh, you know, preaching is one thing. I mean, preaching people aren't paying money for that day, uh, you know, to come see you. But uh, you know, the bride's parents were paying, of course, thousands of dollars for that one day. And uh, for me, it was like, I don't want to mess this up. And, and I did have the gospel in there, which um, I would most likely think that they wouldn't like. Um, but, uh, but it was in there. Um, I know Christopher, which is my cousin, and his wife wanted it in there. But I don't know if the parents did or not. So, so that was another kind of nerve-wracking thing. But the thing is, the Lord came through. I had so many people praying for me. And, uh, you know, of course, I was praying before. And uh, just as the Lord is always faithful, he, uh, I got up there right when I got up there in front of everybody, just the nerves went away. 
and it's just the calm that comes, you know, upon you. I mean, you're still a little nervous, but not anything like I was before. And, and it was like slow motion and I was able to do everything I needed to do. Uh, I did say one thing that I, uh, kind of messed up a little bit, which was good. It was comedic <laughs> relief for everybody, but I had gotten to the end and I'm like, all right, I did it. And, uh, when you're, uh, you know, turning and, and, you know, presenting them to the congregation, and uh, when you say uh, what God hath joined together, let no man put asunder, I said what God therefore hath uh, joined asunder, <laughs> let no man put together. <laughs> and I said, well, wait a minute, that's not it. <laughs> so I had to do it over again there, but uh, but it was good. The Lord, the Lord definitely blessed, gave a little uh, blast in there and things like that. <laughs> But uh, it's been great. And uh, tomorrow tomorrow night, we've got a Syracuse University football game. And we've got probably, I think so far, about 15 people that are going to be going. So this will probably be the most people I've ever seen uh, preaching and handing out gospel tracts at a football game. So uh, yeah. it'll be a great time. So mm-hmm. praise the Lord. And I, I was telling Matt, I, I had to go to Syracuse University recently just for a conference for work. And the, the spot that we had to go through was right where Matt and some other fellows usually street preach. I've never been there without, you know, the only times I've been there is when uh, Matt and the other guys are street preaching. So it felt weird to be there and have no preaching going on. And there was, you know, there a lot of kids going through the campus at that time. And even though I was there with some people from work, I almost felt like I should start, you know, pass not tracks and, <laughs> and start preaching. Like, cause you're, you're just so used to that opportunity. My- and and um, I, I just wonder for the people that that do go to those games, if they see that you're not there, I wonder if if they're saying, hey, where are those guys? Yeah. Well, there's uh, there's an older gentleman that I go with. Um, his name is Brother Dominic Morrow, and a lot of you guys know him that uh, are on here right now. But And Dom, if you're listening, you're not that old. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he might not appreciate that. <laughs> older guy. I mean, older than me. Uh, you know, that's all I meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, but when he's not, there's two different streets that we preach at and two different floodgates where everybody goes up to the dome. But the one, sometimes I'm not near him on the other street. And a lot of people are like, where's that, where's that uh, older guy that preaches over here? You know, where is he at? So they definitely notice if you're not there. And uh, so that's, that's a blessing. They, uh, they're always like, is he on vacation? Where is he? So they, they know. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, our newcomer here, Brother Randy, how, how have you been? I've been really good. We had a, um, last Saturday, we had a women's uh, dinner at our church that we hosted, and some men got together and uh, kind of served the women. And uh, from and then uh, Lori uh, brought forth the devotional, so it was uh, just a good time. I, my son uh, helped out in the kitchen, and so did uh, and it was a really good time. Amen. It's good to have you join us today, Randy. Very good. I'll, I'll, I'll keep the heckling down to a minimum. <laughs> Steve says go <laughs> for it. for that. <laughs> Steve doesn't mind it at all this time. <laughs> and things have been things have been good on uh, on my end as well. Um, I started a new position, so I'm in a I'm in a public high school now. I was in a public elementary building and. For the last uh, twelve years, and so I haven't been in a high school in, in a while, so it's been a uh, it's been a challenge. But it was we went to a college day the other day, which is at an arena where all the all the area high schools bring all of their junior classes to go through and look at all the different colleges. Anyway, one of the teachers that went uh, from our school, his name is Jonathan Edwards, 
And so <laughs> as, as we're walking in, I said to him, so, so Jonathan Edwards, tell me, did, does anybody ever say anything about your name? And he, he mentioned some other people, like, uh, I think there's a singer or something. I don't, I don't know. And, and somebody else, uh, maybe a comedian. And I said, well, that's not really what I was thinking of. I was thinking of, uh, there's a, there's a preacher and he goes, oh yeah, that the preacher that wrote the sermon, the, what is it? The wrathful God. And I said, yeah, the sin is in the hands of an angry God. He goes, yeah. He goes, actually they, they teach that in school. Uh, that when they study the Puritans, they, um, they actually pass out that entire sermon and have the kids read it. Wow. Which Amen. I was like, really? That's amazing. I said, do you know do you know any of the background of that? And actually one of the other teachers that was there, who was um an English teacher, said, Yeah, I, I guess he read the uh the um uh the, the sermon in a monotone voice and it really had quite a reaction. Hmm. So now these are these are uh this is a public school. I'm like, well the next time you you're gonna you're gonna do that, I'd like to come in and, and be a part of that. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So Amen. I just thought that was pretty amazing that, uh, you know, that, that sermon is read. Jen, right uh, when your school? Yep, public high school. Jen, when she was uh, going to high school in, in one of the advanced English courses, they, um, the, uh, Jonathan Edwards, Sinners in the Hand of the Angry God, of course, the teacher that, that uh, he may have been required to do that, but mockery out of it and, and uh, tried to uh, spin the sermon in a, in a light, you know, and so forth, which I wouldn't expect anything different, but, um, hopefully, you know, when they read it and, and hear it, uh, being read that it, that had act on them instead of, uh, the mockery that, that at least this one teacher did anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't actually seen it presented. I would hope, hope that would mean, uh, you know, how it is not presented. Um, anyway, so I, I just, I was, I'm still pretty amazed. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's the good. Spread, that you know they, the schools haven't just completely done away with that. All right, so we don't have a quote of the day. Anything else that we need to talk about before uh, we talk about dreams? What about the difficulty you were talking about with uh, some of the servers? Oh yeah, I just I just happened to notice now. Um, I've I've looked. I haven't looked at all of the uh, on our webpage. I have not looked at all of the episodes that we have up, but I noticed that two of the two of the most recent episodes, number fifty one, me forgive him, and number fifty, the two natures. When you go to play the little um, flash audio file to play it on the web, uh, neither one of those work. But they only don't work in. Uh, they only do not work in uh, Safari and also Firefox. They seem to work in Chrome, and they seem to work in Internet Explorer. So I, I'm going to have to try and figure out what's happening with those. And if anyone notices anything else that doesn't seem to be working, please give us an email at that's in the Bible at gmail.com so we can work on fixing those. I'm not sure why that why that is i i took a quick look at the html and there's nothing different so some it's for some reason the way the the browser is rendering that code and i don't know what it is and if anybody knows what it is they could let us know that would help too and also on itunes we're not listening on itunes anymore are we i don't think we've have been for a long time so 
So that's that. That is that. So dreams, I guess, uh, I guess we're set if everybody else is ready. Sounds good. You ready, man? I'm ready. All right, here we go. All right, thanks a lot, guys. I was uh, I was going to start this uh, podcast out with a dream that uh, actually my wife had about her dad, uh, which is Steve. But I will not uh, go with that in the beginning here. Uh, Brother Steve told me not to to talk about that. It wasn't a bad dream or anything like that, but I don't want to embarrass Steve at all. But uh, tonight our topic is on dreams. Now, I believe that dreams are something that most of us all have experienced. A lot of times dreams can feel so real that you don't even know sometimes when you wake up whether it was a real experience, a memory that you might have had, or if it was actually a dream. Um, And that's some amazing things about dreams. I mean, it can feel so real when you're in in a dream. And uh, maybe an aspect of a dream would be that, uh, you know, it might be a blessing. You know, it might be a great experience. While at other times, a lot of times it could be nightmares and, and you wake up from it in a cold sweat and uh, you're just scared the rest of the day. Um, you know, some people can actually even control a lot of aspects of their dreams. Now, I'm not one of those. I mean, I've talked to some people that maybe somebody's chasing them or uh, they're in a firefight and uh, they can they don't have a gun in their hands at that time. But then they call down some kind of a gun in their hands and they're able to just think it and it goes into their hands and they're able to fight off these guys. But uh, me, I don't have any control over those dreams. Uh, usually if I'm in a firefight, I've got a gun. Uh, it's real at the beginning, but then what happens is it turns into a plastic or, or something that won't hurt the other person or uh, or, you know, if somebody's chasing me, I'm trying to run away from them. And all of a sudden I turn the slow motion and I can't move at all. And I just have absolutely no control of my dreams. But, you know, a lot of people have different dreams. A lot of people have, uh, different experiences in their dreams. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, people have, of course, questions about what these dreams are, you know, what, what exactly are dreams and, uh, where do they come from? And also do they mean something at work? A lot of times I might say to some people, you know, I had this, I had this weird dream last night, you know, and, and sometimes after I explain the dream, uh, maybe the one coworker, or other coworkers will say, well, what do you think that dream means? And, uh, and they kind of come up with questions like that and, and think that, you know, maybe the dream has some hidden meaning that I need to get to or some meaning that's going to actually matter in life. And uh, that's kind of one of the reasons why I brought this study up is just because I think it is a relative study that needs to be brought across. And, uh, but before we continue, let's uh, open up in prayer. And dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you so much that uh, we can gather together again. Uh, but Lord, it's based upon your word. Lord, I thank you for this Bible, Lord, this King James Bible that you preserved, uh, that's inerrant. Lord, it doesn't have any errors at all. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for your precious promises, Lord, of that your word will not pass away. Lord, I thank you so much that, Lord, we know that we're going to heaven, Lord, not because of our works, but because of your grace, Lord, because of what you did on that cross, because you died, you were buried, and you rose again the third day. And Lord, because I've called upon you, I have eternal life in heaven. Lord, I thank you so much for that. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, even after three months, uh, us guys can get together, have fun like we always do. 
Lord, but uh, be serious, too, at the same time when we come up to uh, your word. And, uh, Lord, it's just a, a joyous thing to be able to be saved and be able to talk about you and about your word. And, Lord, I just pray you'd bless this uh, time tonight that we go over this study. Lord, help me to be able to say the words that I need to say. Lord, get this study across. Uh, Lord, that uh, somebody would get a blessing out of it. And, Lord, you get a smile upon your face. Again, Lord, thank you so much for all that you do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, again, we ask, you know, what exactly are dreams? Uh, where do they come from? And uh, do they mean something? Now, of course, like any other study that we do, the answer to these questions really depends on who you ask. I mean, any question that you ask, it depends, the answer depends on who you, uh, who you ask. Now, if you look to the occult, such as, you know, fortune tellers, psychics, spiritualists, and even some psychologists, they'll all tell you that uh, maybe your dreams have true meanings. And, you know, if you properly interpret them, they can lead you in the right path for your life. But uh, is that what it means? Is that what really dreams are about? Now, Sigmund Freud, some of you might know who that is. A lot of times we say maybe we had a Freudian slip or something like that. Uh, we still use his term sometimes um, in our everyday life. But uh, he was actually a psychologist, and he's a very famous one that was around in the early 1900s. And uh, most psychologists and, and people of that sort always say that he really changed uh, the way that we think about the human mind and things like that. Um, the book that he wrote uh, that he was uh, the most pleased with and liked the most uh, was written in the 1900. And it's called The Interpretation of Dreams. The Interpretation of Dreams. Now, this is what he said in there. He said, there is a psychological technique which makes it possible to interpret dreams. And if that procedure is employed, every dream reveals itself as a psychical structure which has a meaning and which can be instead, uh, which can be inserted at an assignable point in the mental activities of waking life. So you have to ask yourself, well, is Freud right? Is he right when he said that we can use dreams once they're interpreted, interpreted and incorporate them into our daily lives to help us? Uh, again, it kind of coincides with the psychics and, and the fortune tellers where they say, well, you can use these dreams that you have and you can incorporate them into your life to, uh, to help you out. Now, before I continue, I just want to point out a couple things about uh, Sigmund Freud. Now, uh, if you're a Christian, of course, uh, I hope you're not going by what he says. I hope you're not going by maybe some psychologists that go along with him. Uh, let me just uh, give you some of the quotes that Sigmund Freud said. The reason why I'm going to give you these quotes is because uh, a lot of people see Sigmund Freud as a great man of his time. And uh, maybe even some Christians might be using some of his things and even some of his thinkings and not even know it. But uh, these are some of the quotes he said about religion. Now, of course, um, he might not have been talking about biblical Christianity, but you know he lumped it in there together. In, uh, in one of his books, he said, religion is an illusion. Now, that's from the New Introductory Lectures on Psychoanalysis, and that's in uh, 1933. He also said, religion is comparable to childhood neurosis, and that's from the Future of an Illusion, 1927. And this other one, he said, they, speaking about religion, come forward with a claim to save mankind from this sense of guilt, which they call sin. So you can see the whole reason of his thinking there is because he w doesn't want to think about a God. He doesn't want to be guilty uh, and be guilty of his sin. So what he does is he interprets dreams. He tries to analyze the mind and trying to say, listen, there's no God. It's all an illusion. It's all in your head. Um, so that really was the basis for a lot of his studying, uh, was to go and try and get rid of God, trying to get rid of the guilt that he had and say there's no sin. Um, it's, just a, it's just an illusion in your head. So be careful about that. 
Now, if you've been listening to That's in the Bible for any length of time, you know who we're going to go to. <laughs> you know where we're going to go for answers. Uh, the, the, our title on this podcast is That's in the Bible. I mean, that's what we're looking for. And, uh, you know, you think about this all the time. You think about who would you rather go to for answers? I mean, these guys have been, uh, we're alive for less than 100 years, all of them. All these uh, great minds of the time that we talk about have only been around for less than 100 years. Now, why wouldn't you go for the author of this book, <laughs> the author of the Bible? And he's not just a mere man with limited knowledge. He's the creator of the whole universe, the creator of the sun, the moon, the stars, the galaxies, and the creator of all life. I mean, he wrote our DNA. Uh, and the Bible also says that by him all things consist. I mean, without him, our bodies would just become mush. They wouldn't even stay together like they are now. All the particles, all the molecules, everything would just fall apart. So why wouldn't we ask him about this subject? Why wouldn't we ask him what dreams are? Now, when you search the Bible, I want you to go to first to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. If you turn your Bible to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, when you search your Bible, you're going to find that there's 20 dreams that are recorded by God. Now, of course, we know that people have had thousands and thousands of different dreams um, all throughout mankind, but these are the 20 dreams that God saw fit to write down for you and I uh, to read and know about. Now, these 20 dreams, 14 are found in the Old Testament, while six are in the New. Now, God classifies dreams into three different categories. God tells us there are three different types of dreams. Now, here in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3, we have the first type of dream. God says, for a dream cometh, through the multitude of business. Now, what you have to understand is that even though our bodies may be at rest, our minds many times are still awake. <laughs> our minds are still going about. And uh, a lot of times it goes about about uh, what your mind has been on much of the previous day. For example, you know, if you're at work and you have a hard day, um, and uh, it's just a terrible day at work. I, I have an experience when I was at work and uh, nothing seemed to go right. This is when we were still using film. Like I said, I'm a x-ray technician, so we have to go. After we take the x-ray, we have to go into the dark room and we have to develop the film. Well, of course, that dark room can't have any light go through it. Um, well, it was just such a stressful day. So many things were going on. There were so many patients out in the waiting room that I had to uh, take x-rays of. And, and so that night, that's all I could think about. And uh, when I dreamt that night, um, I had a bad dream about work. <laughs> and that's because it's multitude of business. That's what my mind was on that whole entire night. Now, if you look with me in Job chapter 7, you'll see kind of the same thing here. In Job chapter 7. And now in this point in uh, Job's life, in Job chapter 7, uh, he's lost a lot. <laughs> I mean, Job has lost his cattle. He lost all his sheep. He's lost almost all of his servants. I mean, the only servants he had left was those that came and were able to uh, tell him about all the bad things that have uh, befallen him. Uh, he's also lost his camels. He's lost all of his sons and daughters. He's lost seven daughters and uh, seven sons and three daughters. Uh, he also has sore boils from the sole of his feet all the way to his head. And uh, just to top that off, his wife tells him to curse God and die. <laughs> I mean, if that's not a bad day, I don't know what is. And, uh, but even through all this, Job didn't even curse God. Job didn't even curse God. He, even the opposite of that, he said, Hey, listen, you know, the, the God's going to rain things down upon the just and the unjust alike. Uh, that's just how it goes. But, uh, but all I can think is during all this time, I mean, if you ever lost a son or lost a daughter, I've never lost, of course, a son or a daughter or, or, uh, anybody. I've lost a grandparent before a couple of grandparents. But the thing is, is that Listen, he's lost all these things in his life. You can't tell me that during the day, even though he's not cursing God, you can't tell me he's not mourning 
And we see that in the book of Job. I mean, he's just, his heart is heavy. And uh, all I can think is that Job the whole entire time is just thinking about his sons. He's thinking about his daughters. Now, of course, he lost a lot of uh, cattle and all that kind of stuff, a lot of servants as well. Uh, you know, I'm sure he was probably pretty good friends with some of those servants. But, uh, but all he could have been thinking about was, uh, was his family and all that he lost. Now, if you go to Job chapter 7, verse 13, let's see what happens. Uh, Job chapter 7, verse 13, he says, When I say my bed shall comfort me, my couch shall ease my complaint, then thou scarest me with dreams, and terrifiest me through visions, so that my soul chooseth strangling and death rather than life. I mean, here Job's having a nightmare. You know, Job thought that once he uh, puts his head on the pillow and he's able to go into dreamland, that he'll be okay, that he'll have some comfort, that he'll be able to get out from uh, some of this pain that he's going through, some of this uh, just anguish and spirit. Uh, but when he puts his head on the pillow, all he dreams about is, you know, the multitude of business that he's been going through throughout the day, which was thinking about his family, the anguish and the, and the pain that he was going through. Now, one way I think Job or what would have helped Job during this time is if his three friends that came to help him out would not have just, uh, you know, try and get him to feel like he's guilty. I feel that uh, if they were to here to comfort him, if they would have came and comforted him, and said, listen, you know, there's a lot of precious promises God's given us. You know, God's still with you. But, you know, these three friends came and they said, oh, listen, you know, God's not going to do all this to somebody that's innocent. You know, they, just, they said all that to him. They were trying to uh, get him guilty and uh, feel guilty. But, but I think if they would have came and they would have said, hey, listen, you know, just meditate meditate upon God's word, meditate upon God and all the precious things that he's done. And uh, I think he probably would have been able to go to bed one night and not have one of those bad dreams. Now, according to the, uh, according to the Bible, the best way to defend ourselves from having nightmares is to meditate upon God's word and upon his precious promises. If you look in Isaiah chapter 26, verse three, the Bible says that will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Uh, in Philip, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, the Bible says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think on these things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. I mean, if uh, Job would have just applied uh, some of these principles, and uh, these uh, these three friends of his should have came and said, hey, listen, you know, just trust in God. Uh, he does right. You know, all his ways are righteous. Um, and if he would have done that, then I believe that Job probably could have gone to bed one night uh, not thinking only upon what's happened to him and his family, but also upon how good God is. And he would have been able to have some peace at night. So the first type of dream, God tells us, that we may have can be caused by our minds and actions uh, and what they're set upon throughout that day. Now let's look at what the second type of dream that we could have. If you'll turn with me to Isaiah chapter 29, verse 8. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 8. And the Bible says, It shall even be as when an hungry man dreameth, and behold, he, he eateth, but he awaketh, and his soul is empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreameth, and behold, he drinketh, but he awaketh, and behold, he is faint, and his soul hath appetite. So shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Zion. 
Now, you might have missed that. I missed it the first time I read it. But uh, look at the beginning there again. It says, it shall be, it shall even be as when a hungry man dreameth. So here's a man going to bed that uh, he's hungry. And in the dream, and behold, he eateth. He's eating in the dream. And, uh, of course, if you're eating in a dream, you'll uh, become full. But then he awaketh, and his soul is empty. So here a man is. He's uh, hungry when he goes to bed at night. But when he's in his dream, he eats. He gets full. But then he wakes up. Uh, he's, uh, he's hungry once again. And the same thing goes for when he's thirsty and, uh, he wakes up thirsty once more. Now <laughs> I've got another story about this. Uh, one time it was probably about eight years ago. I went on a camping trip with my brother-in-law and sister and, uh, another friend of theirs came along too. But, uh, we, uh, we went on a very hot day and, uh, we went out. What we did was we went to, uh, this place in New Jersey, this nice park, but uh, it's a miles, miles long park. So you could park outside of the park and uh, and also hike in about five miles. We packed everything on our backs and uh, we took the water canteens. We took the tents. We took everything that we needed with us. And uh, so we hiked up this hill, this mountain for about five miles. And, you know, by that time you're exhausted. But uh, before nightfall uh, came about us, we set up the tents and we uh, had to go out and get some firewood. We had to chop up the firewood and uh, we were just sweating. The sweat was dropping off of us. And uh, so what happened was finally when we were done with everything that we needed to do, uh, we finally sat down and my sister handed me a water bottle. And uh, what I should have done is I should have uh, put water in the water bottle myself because uh, what happened was when I opened up that water bottle and I was so thirsty, I took the first big drink of it and uh, and it was disgusting. <laughs> it was uh, seltzer water. And I don't know if anybody else is on the same page as me with seltzer water, uh, but I cannot stand seltzer water. That's that's like poison to me. And uh, it was terrible. It, it did not quench my thirst. It was almost like drinking salt water to me. And uh, so all through that night, there was no water. You know, we had this, uh, my brother-in-law is a great cook, so he made all this uh, great food, corn and, and meat. And uh, but uh, so I had all that, but nothing to drink. So <clears throat> through the night, I, uh, I took just little sips of the seltzer water, but it didn't help. I went to bed so thirsty. And guess what happened? <laughs> I, uh, I dreamt that. And when I went to bed that night, uh, I had one of those, if you can, if you can think about those ads, maybe those Coke commercials or those Pepsi commercials where you have the beads of water dropping off of those glasses with, uh, with that drink in there, with the, with the ice and, and maybe the, the, uh, glasses being slammed down on the table and these water beads are falling off of it. And, and you're taking that and you're drinking it. I mean, that's what I had in my hand in my dream. I was drinking this thing and, and it was just so nice. And it was, uh, you know, it was, it was totally doing what it needed to do. It was, it was, uh, filling me up with great cold water. But then what happened is I started waking up <laughs> and uh, I was even more thirsty than when I went to bed. And uh, what I woke up and my tongue was stuck to the, <laughs> to the top of my mouth, to the ridge of my mouth. It was terrible. And that's exactly what this is talking about. It's, it's an unfulfilled need of your flesh that your flesh actually has you dream. I mean, I was thirsty that night. And uh, so what my flesh did was said, okay, here, you, you know, I'll fulfill that in your dream. And this is what God's talking about. Um, so again, a dream, according to God, can also come from needs of your flesh that have not been met while you're awake. And your flesh causes you to experience them in your dreams. Now, you may be saying, well, yeah, but there are other times, other dreams that I have. Uh, in which I have never in my life felt the desire to do those things. I mean, there may even be times where you use violence. 
Uh, maybe you even, uh, you know, killed somebody, some terrible temper that you might have had uh, in your dream. And you say, well, listen, my flesh while I'm awake never had those desires or anything like that. But you have to understand that your flesh is wicked. <laughs> the Bible says in uh, Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. I think Paul says it best in Romans chapter 7, verse 18, where he says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. You have to understand that while you're asleep, uh, even though your spirit may be willing, your flesh is weak. <laughs> I mean, uh, while you're sleeping, a lot of times you do not have your guard up and uh, your flesh can take over and it can uh, cause you to have dreams that you never thought you would even have. Uh, maybe had desires that you never thought you ever had that your flesh has, that your heart has, uh, that you didn't even know were there. That's why the Bible says, uh, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Well, the Bible says that the Lord, of course, searcheth the heart and knows the heart. But uh, man, you can't figure out your heart. There's a lot of people that say, you know, follow your heart. You better be careful with that uh, because a lot of times your heart is wicked. But uh, but there you go. That's that's the second one. So the first, again, the first type of dream that you can be uh, that you can have because is uh, what you meditate upon the day. You know, whatever maybe uh, you go through, the multitude of business in your day is what you dream that night. Uh, the second type of dream that you could be caused is uh, by your flesh, by unfulfilled desires, maybe your flesh, or you may even say, well, I had this weird dream that doesn't even line up with uh, anything that I can think. It was just, a, it was just a, a, a weird dream. Well, that's just your flesh. It's your flesh uh, living out different things in, in your dreams. Now, the third type of dream that God tells us about is found in Job chapter 33. So if you'll turn with me to Job chapter 33, and it's verse 14. The Bible says, for God speaketh once. Yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumbering is upon the bed, then he openeth the ears of men, and sealeth their instruction, that he may withdraw men from his purpose, and hide pride from men, uh, from man. Now, in the past, you can see that God has spoken through dreams. He's spoken through uh, his people. He's spoken through lost people uh, in dreams. There's no doubt about that. Uh, turn with me to Genesis chapter 20. You'll see one of these examples. <coughs> Excuse me. Genesis chapter 20. And look in verse 1. Here we have Abraham. And the Bible says, And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country, and uh, dwelled between Kadesh and Shur, and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night, and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is... Uh, a man's wife, but Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister. And she even she herself said, he is my brother. And the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him in a dream, yea, I know that thou didst this in, my, in, uh, in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that uh, thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. So, of course, here is uh, God speaking to Abimelech in a dream, and he's telling him the truth. He's telling him, hey, listen, this is actually Abraham's uh, wife here. Uh, you, better, you better give her back. And another case of this can be found in uh, Genesis chapter 37. You'll turn with me to Genesis chapter 37. And here you have Jacob, and of course he has 12 sons. And uh, Genesis chapter 37, verse 3, 
The Bible says, now Israel, of course, that's Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it his brethren and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, here, I pray you this dream, which I have dreamed for behold, we were binding sheaves in the field and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright and behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance in my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, shalt thou indeed reign over us or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his uh, for his dreams and for his words. And it goes on and it talks about he has this, another dream and it's about his parents uh, bowing down to him as well. And uh, in verse 11, it says, and his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Now turn with me to uh, actually just a couple more verses, uh, verse 18. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. So here, uh, Joseph comes before his brethren. You know, they can't stand him because of what he dreamed about them bowing down to him. And in verse 20, it says, Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we, will, uh, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. So they want to kill him because of the dreams that he had. And, uh, and you look down and you uh, go through and you know the story. Uh, they, uh, Joseph gets sold into slavery. He goes into Egypt and he becomes uh, pretty much secondhand of Pharaoh. Now, uh, turn with me to Genesis chapter 42. And we'll see what happens about this dream. Genesis 42, verse 5. Now, this is when... Uh, uh, we'll just read it. Verse five. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land. And he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, whence come ye? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them and said unto them, ye are spies uh, to see the nakedness of the land, ye are come. Now, one more verse here, uh, Genesis chapter 45, Genesis 45 and verse five. And uh, here Joseph is talking to his brethren again. He says, now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither for God did send me before you to preserve life. So Joseph said, of course, that uh, not only did God give him that dream uh, that was a prophecy, what was going to take place with his brethren, uh, but also God made all this happen. All these bad things that you would think happened to Joseph actually happened for good. And uh, so that shows you that God gives people dreams. Um, but the question arises now, does he give dreams now, today, in our day and age? So we got to figure that out. Uh, many people may have certain ideas about if actually God gives us dreams or not. But again, we're going to look to the Bible. Now, one very important observation to note here is that there are only six dreams recorded in the New Testament. There's only six dreams recorded in the New Testament. And also, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's not one mention in the Bible of a dream. So after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's not one mention of a dream after that in the Bible. Now, the last dream mentioned in the Bible is found in Matthew 27. Turn there with me real quick. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, verse 15. Now, this is when Jesus Christ is before Pilate. 
Now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would, and they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they, they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, uh, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why, what evil hath he done? But they cried, out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See to it. So his wife, Pilate's wife, has this dream and says, Have nothing to do with this just man. And when he goes down and he sees that these people uh, wanted to crucify Jesus Christ, he says, I am innocent of the blood of this just person person. So, uh, of course, his wife gets that dream from God not to do anything with Jesus Christ, for he's just. There's no sin upon him, and that's Pilate as well. I mean, he could observe Jesus Christ when they were accusing him. Jesus Christ didn't speak a word, and he said he marveled, um, and, uh, and he couldn't understand why. But here, he understands why, because his wife had this dream that there was nothing that could, uh, that could accuse this man, because he was a just man. So, you see that this is where the dream stops, though before Jesus Christ is resurrected. Now, uh, it appears, just as the uh, apostolic signs have died out at the death of the twelve apostles, the same thing, for the most part, has happened to dreams. Now, of course, God may here and there use a dream to deal with someone that does not have access to the Word of God, but that's just it, someone that does not have access to the Word of God. But now, for us, since the Word of God has been completed and is, for the most part, accessible anywhere, God will deal with man through the Word of God. Now, of course, we know this because in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21, we are told that the Bible is a more sure word of prophecy than that of God's own voice coming down out of heaven. And of course, that would be, uh, that would be the Bible. <laughs> that would be the word of God. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, that would be a dream. You know, uh, you know, God's voice coming down from heaven, that could be interpreted also as a dream. And, uh, and we've got something more sure than that that we're told to take heed to, and that's the Bible. Now, the reason that this is so important is because there's people today, even people that say that they're Christians, people that say that they're actually born again, that may say that they have an extra revelation from God above and beyond the Word of God. Now, the problem with this is that God has given us many commands against this. He's given us many commands against dreams, giving us extra revelations. Uh, in Psalm chapter 119, verse 11, the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's the word of God that gives us our directions, not dreams. In Galatians 1.8, the Bible says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. So God makes it clear that what has been put down in the Bible is what we're to go by, not anything else. Uh, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 8 and 9, God gives us a very clear warning against dreams. He says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams, which ye cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. So God tells us not to be deceived by dreams that we have. 
that prophesy falsely in God's name, which is exactly what we have today. We have a lot of people that say, hey, listen, I had this dream. This is an extra revelation. Uh, you got to go by this. Now, I say that God doesn't use dreams anymore. And of course, right now is the time of the Gentiles. God's not going to use dreams right now to deal with the nation, uh, with, uh, with the church. But, uh, you know, I'll leave this for the guys to go over afterwards if they want to. If they don't touch on it, I'll touch on it after we're done here about that God will use uh, dreams once more um, and visions once more. And we'll go over that. But that's not for the church period. You know that that's not for the church period today. So that's the three categories that God puts in dreams. The three different types of dreams that you could have. The first one is a multitude of business. By the multitude of business in the day, whatever you've been thinking about, whatever you've been meditating upon that day is most likely uh, the result of why you're having that dream that night. Um, another second type of dream that you could have could be caused by your flesh. You know, the desires of your flesh uh, that take over during the nighttime. And then the third type of dream, which of course uh, is Bible-believing Christians today, we don't have dreams by God uh, of extra revelations or anything like that, but we go by the Word of God. But in the Old Testament, and actually uh, later on, um, not the church age, but another age, uh, we'll have dreams and visions that will come upon them. So I hope this helps uh, some people out. Uh, it's just a blessing to look up in the Word of God and just see some things and uh, see that actually dreams today don't mean anything to us. You know, like I said, uh, I was talking to some people at work and things like that, and they say, well, what, you know, what, what's the meaning, you think, behind that dream? Well, there's no meaning behind that dream. <laughs> Either it's something that my flesh brought up or it's something that uh, maybe happened during that day. But, uh, but listen, it's not going to help me get through the rest of my life. The thing that's going to help me get through the rest of my life is leaning upon God and upon his word. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Matt. Amen. Amen. And uh, guys? Hey, Amen. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, Steve. Brother, go ahead. No, wait. Marvelous. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't fall asleep through That's That was pretty good. And uh, also wanted to mention that uh, I didn't remember the dream that uh, Matt was talking about saying <laughs> that my daughter had. So uh, I was unsure what was going to be said there. So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. Uh, all right. I, well, I won't say because my wife told me not to. So, Well, all right. That's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know if this is a verse that you quoted or not, but uh, it just happened to strike me as I was listening to what you were saying because, uh, you know, oftentimes people put uh, uh, dreams as being always a positive thing. And I just thought I'd add uh, a verse that, uh, put a little bit different perspective on it in Jeremiah chapter 27 verse 9. Did you read that verse? Did uh, I catch does, that one? How does it go? It says, therefore hearken not unto your prophets, nor yeah. to your diviners, nor to your nor to your enchanters, nor to your sorcerers, which speak unto you do not serve the king of Babylon. Uh, that's in Jeremiah chapter 27 verse 9. Yeah, I didn't go over and that I, one. That one's good. But but what it does is it puts dreamers in a, a certain category with enchanters and sorcerers and diviners, which obvious God is not not in favor of. And uh, you know, oftentimes uh, in some denominations uh, that we have around today that that like to use dreams and dreamers as uh, 
prophets, if you will, and uh, uh, telling people that uh, they're going to do great things or whatever because they had a dream about them and so forth. And uh, God gives us kind of a warning that we shouldn't uh, follow those. Um, you know, as Matt's already uh, discussed and, and put well, that, that the Word of God is, is our source of information, our source of truth. Uh, what somebody has in a dream, you know, could be just made up of their own mind or even contrived of their own uh, uh, thoughts and so forth to give someone a false impression. So to, uh, to give into those dreams and to, to count those dreams as being more than, than uh, uh, you know, what they really are is just something made up in the mind. Uh, I think we do well to take heed to the Word of God and let that be our final authority. Amen. Amen. Also in the book of Jeremiah, uh, to me a classic verse that really sums this up is Jeremiah 23, verse 28 which says, the prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream, and he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Mm -hmm. The Lord says that dream's like chaff, and my word's like wheat. Hmm. And when you've got to, you pit a dream up against the word of God, you know, you're, you're trading in um, skin and bones for, uh, for meat. Um, so you want to you take the meat of the word of God. That's where the answers are. And if you would like to look at it sometime on your own, um, Jeremiah 23, verses 25 through 32, short passage in there, and the Lord is all over those prophets that are boasting about their dreams, and uh, they're exalting their dreams above the revealed Word of God. And that's even in the Old Testament times. Yeah, Amen. I think there's also a, just a quick little reference in Jude 8. That's one of the first things I think about is that yes. verse in Jude 8 when people start talking about their dreams or, you know, especially when, they, when they're when they contrary to the revealed Word of God. <clears throat> that the filthy dreamers? That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. Amen. And, uh, of course, Matt was also alluding to the future use of dreams, and uh, you do see quoted in Acts chapter 2, uh, it's actually a quotation in Acts 2 from the book of Joel, which says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And that has not been uh, completely fulfilled yet at this point. So during the tribulation time, um, you know, the Lord may uh, apparently uh, is going to be working strongly in that way again uh, for some people. Mm -hmm. Let's check in with Brother Randy. I haven't heard from him. He might be dreaming himself right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I stayed awake. It was a very, uh, very good uh, lesson. And I could, I could really relate to when you were talking about how our flesh uh, manifests itself in dreams in, in the evening. Or dreaming, I can think back to uh, times of uh, before I was saved. And... Um, uh, was dabbling in in lots of things that I shouldn't have been uh, chemicals and substances and, and so forth, and when I stopped doing that, when the Lord reached in and, and saved saved my soul and changed my heart, I even year after that I would I would uh, uh, dream about doing things as I did when I was uh, living the sinful life, and it would it would wake me up, uh, you know just. Panic in a panic, thinking that I had actually done something that mm -hmm. that was going against God. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, as you said, that it really is a 
very powerful. Amen. Amen. I've, I've had similar experiences, and it sure is good to wake up and recognize that um, you haven't done, uh, yeah, you amen. haven't wrecked your life. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah, I've had I've had some dreams where, um, like, uh, verses will come to my in my dreams, or I'm given the plan of salvation or something, and and I'm I'm going over all those verses in my dream, and I'll wake up having that on my mind. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I guess the the real caution here is if, you, if uh, as far as taking stock in dreams, anything that doesn't match up with what the Bible reveals to be truth, I think you can safely discard. Mm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, I've had I've had similar dreams like that where I'll go to bed uh, maybe after street preaching or something like that or or reading the Bible and. I'll go to bed and, and have a dream, but I cannot stand when I cannot find something in my Bible and somebody asks me a question. And there's been times when I've dreamt and, you know, going through the Romans road, you know, you go through that all the time. And I couldn't even find the book of Romans in my dreams. <laughs> and I was like, I know it's in here. And, you know, the, the, uh, the person I'm witnessing to is like, oh my goodness, you know, I just want to get out of here, you know? And, and you're, you're sitting there for five minutes. You're like, no, hold on, hold on one, one, one verse. And I can't find the verse and it drives me nuts. So I wake up and, and I'm like, oh, like you said, Pastor Strobel and, and Randy, it's just like, oh, thank God that that didn't happen. <laughs> Cause you're like, I, I want a good witness. I don't want one where I cannot find the book of Romans. <laughs> you, you know, what's a sad thing is, and, I, and I'm sure the rest of you've had experience, uh, where you're you're talking to someone and you're trying to witness to them, uh, you have a, a Bible open and you're showing them verses, and you can't get past the fact that they've had either an experience or a dream or a vision of some sort, and you can't get past that uh, to take a really good look at the Bible. Mm-hmm. They their dream or their vision than they would the, the, the Word of God. And it's hard because people want to believe what they've experienced is more true than God is. And, and it's, it's actually the opposite. You can trust the Word of God more than you can trust your feelings or vision or dream or, or uh, experience that you might have had. And, and that could be even a religious um, you know, when the religious experience goes contrary to what the Word of God says, uh, you can't trust that. You Amen. have to trust what the Bible says. I'll, I'll take it a step further. Even if the religious experience seems to be in line with, with the Scriptures, uh, sometimes um, it, you'll notice people get off on it. The, mm-hmm. uh, they think it's in line. Maybe they don't have the proper interpretation but uh, for those people that do have these dreams and think that it's in line and, and it begins to try to take you away from your emphasis on the Word of God, you're, you're not, not only dreams, but as Brother Steve said, the experiences. You run into this in the charismatic realm a lot where they exalt their experience of speaking in tongues uh, or somebody prophesying upon them or, or to mm-hmm. them, etc. And when they, we, I deal with people like that or people that have had visions, I, I take them where Matt mentioned already. Um, in his uh, study to where Peter talked about how that we have also a more sure word of prophecy. And I'll really expound that to him and uh, and elaborate on how that what they had heard was God's own voice speaking from heaven. And what the Lord's trying to show us is that what we have in the recorded, written, and preserved word of God is even more profitable and more sure than if we had heard God speak from heaven. 
Because there's so much room for misinterpretation there, but the Bible is written and it hasn't changed, although people have tried to change it. Yeah. It says the same thing every time you open it up um, yep. and you can count on it. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it was a good lesson. Thanks again, Matt. And uh, it's good to be back. Amen. It is. It's been too long. So, Pastor Strobel, you'll be up next. I will. All right. I'll get ready, Lord willing. Amen. Brother Randy, it's good to have you join us. Good to join you guys. I appreciate it. If I could share one other real uh, quick anecdote, forgive me for saying share, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I just had to throw this in. I was just reading recently in Reader's Digest, and I read about a guy who um, was having trouble with his girlfriend, and uh, it took him about an hour to settle her down and get back in her good graces because she was upset with him for something that he had done in her dream. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That's when it's time to break up with her. (laughs) Get quiet. Well, you had the music. music. (laughs) It's like drowning us all out. All right, well, uh, it's good to have everybody again, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, next time. Amen. Amen. All right, signing off. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.